0: This, this is, is Yawa, Yawa Radio. One warm welcome to the Yawa Radio podcast. The Yawa Radio podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio yammer radio is online 24 hours a day seven days a week we are your well-being and happiness radio station bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week check us out at YamaRadio.co.uk. and now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the yawa radio team well welcome to this week's glass full where i talk to inspirational guests from around the world and uh, just help to help you make your glass a little bit more fuller than it is empty. Uh, and we're going across to Ireland today, and I'm joined on the line by, uh, by Laurie Showstrom. How are you? Hi,
1: Steve. I'm great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And I have to say, I'm, I'm a little bit flattered at being described as inspirational. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, of course you are. Of course, of course you are. And I think something you're going to share today is well going to resonate with uh with people out there you know especially especially parents because you're all about empowering parents and uh, so tell me more
1: yeah well steve i think that there are a lot of people out there who are just fantastic parents and you know they don't really need parenting advice but they do need some support because when you're faced with unexpected challenges for your child it can be devastating, especially if the challenges are medical or emotional or psychological. And that's, that's what I do. I help parents figure out how they can step outside of all of those over, overwhelming emotions and think clearly so they can advocate for their kids and get the best possible future for their children.
0: And how did, how did this come about, Laurie? You know, what's what's your story? Because this, you know, you didn't just wake up one morning and go, bang, this is what I'm going to do.
1: No,
0: You've got a really incredible story.
1: <laughs> it, there, there's such a long story uh, to tell, but I'll try and be brief. Um, basically, I have two children and both children have multiple medical diagnoses. And... Um, when I got the first one, I was, you know, I, you know, I can handle this. I can be strong for my child. I can, I'll step up. And then when I got the second diagnosis, it was like, but why is this happening to our family? And that wasn't a very, you know, empowering question because when you start asking why you're going to come up with all kinds of really just what I guess I would call disempowering answers okay just let me give you an example outside of parenting because i think everybody can can relate to this one if you have ever worried about your weight right if you stepped on the scale and realized oh i just gained two kg right and then the first question you ask is why am i so fat okay what is the answer that your brain, which is trying to answer your questions, your brain is trying to support you, right? <laughs> yes. So it's trying to give you an answer. And the only answer that it can come up with is because you're a fat, lazy cow. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You're a fat person because that's why, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're, 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 you're lazy, you overeat, you, you know, whatever. You have no self-control. Mm-hmm. And how are those answers going to help you? Yeah, okay. I mean, all that's going to do is put you down, make you feel miserable. And then what do you do when you feel miserable? You reach for a cookie
0: or, <laughs> or a chocolate for, bar. Reach for the comforts, comfort food.
1: Right. And for some people, it's a glass of wine. For other people, it's mac and cheese. Yeah. But it doesn't help. It really doesn't help. So what we need to do is we need to start asking ourselves really powerful questions. And that's what I started to do. I, I stopped asking myself, why is this happening to my family? After the fourth diagnosis, it was just like, bring it on, baby. <laughs> I, you know I'm, I'm ready for the next challenge. Um, but I can tell you, after the second one, it was devastating. And that second one was probably um, the most challenging um, emotionally and financially, and so on. So once we got through that, you know, we felt, We can basically handle
0: anything. And and was that was that a little bit about just accepting the situation that you were in um, and from that acceptance, then thinking, well, what can we do about this?
1: Yeah. Um, But when we say accepting the situation you're in, that is really not something that you can do by yourself. Mm -hmm. But it is. I mean, that's all all it really is, is accepting the situation you're in. You're right, Steve.
0: Yeah. And then what can and what can we do about it? So, you know, you did, you know, um, I, I was thinking about you actually last night because when I was talking to you today and I was watching, um, what was I watching? 24 hours, seven critical condition or something like that. Um, and there was a, there was a young, uh, a young child there that was having, I forget what syndrome they'd got, but I've not heard of it before. Um, and they were having um, fits with this syndrome, okay? But I know I was talking to you and what I loved about this, and I think you have probably come in on this, one of the consultants was talking to the parent and said, look, you know more about your child here when things are happening. This is quite rare for us as a consultant to see this thing when we normally see a fit we see somebody really flaying about what you're telling me when your child has a fit is a lot more subtle than that so I really need you to help me understand what's going on I thought well how refreshing is that because you don't always hear that do you no
1: you really don't and I think that as doctors are having more experiences with parents who are advocating for their children the more the doctors realize that they can rely on the parents and they don't have to struggle with them because one of the things that that happens is when a doctor recognizes that the parent is going to be a useful member of the support team mm-hmm. then the doctor can can actually confidently say things like that to the parents But if you are so lost in emotion, in fear, in frustration, in anger, in guilt, then you really are not going to be a contributing member to the team. And the doctors can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to do is as parents, we need to gain the confidence to advocate for our child but we can only get that confidence if we can, as you said earlier, accept the situation. Mm-hmm. And when you can accept the situation, you can shed the strong emotions and deal with what's going on. So, and so, that's when you can really observe what's going on with your child.
0: So, you know, when when you got to that point, then how did things change for you with with? when you were supporting your child and talking to the consultants and things
1: well you know it happened so gradually for me steve (laughs) and this is really the saddest part of my story it took me about four years of struggling and i i didn't have this the self-awareness that i (laughs) needed to to do that and it it breaks my heart to think about all of the things that my children lost out on because I went through this long agonizing struggle. If somebody had reached their hand out and said, this is is what's happening. Look at at this and what are the results you really want? Mm -hmm. And if somebody had asked me those questions, I might have been able to step outside of that, that emotional trauma that I was in and get the answers a lot faster. So I can't really answer your question because it was such a slow change for me that there was no transformation. Okay. And what I want to do for parents is I want to give them that transformation. You know, to be able to say I have the right questions and you're the expert. When I ask you this question, you're going to have the answer. And yeah. my answers to my questions are not going to be the same as yours are for your family because you have different needs. Your child's needs are different. Your, your family priorities and ethics might be different from mine as well. So I can't tell you what hmm. the right answer is, but I can ask you the right questions.
0: Okay, so, so when things did change for you, Laurie, and, and you did get to this point, where you became, um, so we say, a little bit more confident and the advocate for you, for your children. Then how did things change for you, and how did the things change for for, the, for your children?
1: One of the main things that changed for me was I was no longer too afraid to face unfamiliar situations. I was no longer worried when I went in to see the doctor what the next thing dumped in my lap would be. And because I was no longer worried about that, I was more present with my children in our day-to-day lives and we started doing things together that I hadn't been doing before. just to give you an example, I could have spent easily five hours a day Googling symptoms or, you know, what did other parents do in this situation? Um, What other possible diagnosis could this be? Is the doctor right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I did things like question whether the therapy that we were giving our child was effective. And all of these things did not actually contribute to the family. All it did would make our family life a lot more stressful. And I stopped going to the park with my kids because I was Googling. I stopped taking my children. There's this amazing wildlife park, just a 15-minute drive away. And I used to take my children there, and they could name all of the animals in the zoo. And now, you know, 10 years later, if you ask my kids what the animals in the zoo are, they would be, what? what? Because I wasted all of that wonderful time. I could have been with my kids doing cool things like that looking on the internet, you know, worrying, questioning myself, feeling guilty. And now my kids are teenagers, so we don't go to the zoo. But I do take them every weekend into the city and we go shopping, we have a meal together, we talk. And my kids actually share, my teenage kids actually share what they're doing and and what they want. And they come to me and, and they give me their opinions. Um, In fact, I had a really, um, well, I have to say, I don't know, a a parent-empowering conversation with my kid, because yesterday I asked my son um, just a philosophical question, and I said, look, I'm going to be going on the radio tomorrow, and I want to say something to parents out there, but... I'm afraid that I'm going to make a fool of myself because maybe it's only my view of it. And I need to know, I said this to my son, I need to know whether or not what I'm saying is actually going to be true. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I wanted to say to parents out there was basically this. If you spend time with your kids before they go through puberty And you tell them things, basic life facts, and not, I don't mean in this sort of finger wagging, this is the way it should be kind of um, way, but you just notice things happening outside in the world and you make gentle comments. Mm -hmm. So you see somebody walking on the street with their children and and the mom is holding the kid's hand, right? And you say to your kid, you know what? that little kid is so lucky to have a parent who wants to hold their hand to keep them safe. Don't parents just want to keep their kids safe?
0: Sure. They do constantly. No matter, no matter what age the kids are.
1: (laughs) Right. And so, and if you say that to your child, your child starts to believe that parents want to keep their kids safe. And then when they're teenagers and you say, (laughs) you know what, I'm really worried about this. I don't know how you're going to handle this situation, your kid is going to think, oh, mom's trying to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. And not, mom's trying to dictate everything I do in my life.
0: Yeah, so, no, I get that.
1: So if you, if you are talking to your kids before they go through puberty about the things that you want them to believe after puberty, then they will believe that those things are their own thoughts.
0: And, and they're making their own decisions.
1: Right. So even though they're repeating what you taught them when they were little, they believe that that's really their own thoughts. Yeah. And so my son and I were talking. This is the conversation I had with him. I said, You see a 60 year old man at four o'clock in the afternoon who is drunk walking down the street. Okay. He's drunk. He's 60 years old. It's four o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. You're just leaving school and you're walking in town with your friends and you look at that guy what do you think? And he said, "Well, I don't really feel any compassion for him because that was his decision to be in that place at that time." And I said, "Well, do you think you should stay away from him because he's unpredictable or, you know, what what actually in that moment do you think?" And he said, "Well, I probably would stay away from him. Um, because I don't want to be around people like that." And I said, okay. now let's change this story and let's just imagine it's 10 o'clock at night on a Friday and it's a 17 year old drunk walking down the street. What do you think there? And he said, well, that's just normal. That's just the culture. That's the way things are. Mm. And I said, would you avoid that guy? And he said, no, I wouldn't avoid him because that's just the way things are. And I said, okay. so now I know that all. 17-year-olds that get drunk at 10 o'clock on a Friday night are not going to grow up to be a 60-year-old drunk at 4 <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. I know that. That's the, you even said it yourself. This is your decision to be this way. Mm. But what if that 17-year-old that you look at on the street will grow up to be the 60-year-old? Then what will you think? And he said, well, I would think you probably shouldn't be drinking. Oh, mom, I don't want to talk about this anymore you're making me think
0: yes
1: (laughs) and then and then that was the end of the conversation but wasn't it glorious for me to hear my son say mom you're making me think
0: and 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 how how refreshing is that you know because that that thought process will be going on even though you've had that conversation it'll be in their subconscious it'll be it'll be whirling around they'll be thinking about that i'm not saying every moment of every day but when something happens like that, if, if they're out on a Friday night and the 17 year old is drunk, that conversation will raise its head, won't it?
1: Yeah. Or, or there'll be this kind of sensation anyway, deep in his heart that he doesn't realize that's just saying that's just not right. Mm. You know? Um, and then of course he had to do the teenage, you know, thing of saying, but I don't drink.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't go out there and do that. And, you know, I said, Alex, I completely trust you to make the right decisions. You have a lot of decisions in your past that you made that were good decisions. And you know, I just want to keep you safe. So I'm going to, tr- I've got to trust you to make the right decisions. And um, yeah, I think you will. It sounds like you will. And by the way, thank you for helping me realize that maybe my kids won't think the same way as I do because I totally don't think that a 17 year old drunk is okay, but you do. And you got that from the experience you had in high school. So no, I can't go out there and confidently tell parents that whatever you teach your kids before puberty will be what they believe after because they do have influences outside of the home.
0: So so Laurie, what, what kind of work are you doing now then? You're working with parents across the world?
1: Yeah, I, um, I have had clients in Singapore and in um, various places across America. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to raise awareness in the UK and Ireland, because I'm here and this is where I really want to be helping people. Um, I want to be face to face with people. I am so tired of Zoom meetings, and I'm <laughs> sure everyone out there knows exactly what I'm saying. I want, to, I want to meet real people, real parents, and, and I am not teaching them how to parent their kids. I just want us to underline that. I'm, what I am doing is I'm helping parents relieve the anxiety that comes with getting a diagnosis for your child, you know, and if you can reduce that anxiety, then you can make the right decisions in your parenting. Cool. So,
0: so so how how can people find out more about you and get in touch then, Laurie?
1: Well, I actually just today got this amazing thing called a linked tree.
0: A link tree. Uh, what? What on earth is a link tree?
1: Well, if you look up link tree on mm. um, on Google, Linktree, l i n k t r e e. Yeah. You will see that this is basically a site that allows you to put all of your digital contacts in one place. So my website, my WhatsApp, my LinkedIn, my Facebook all of that i can put in this linktree um thing i have and my linktree is go to linktree and look for lori lsc lori showstrom coaching so it's lori lsc okay and when you find you go to linktree and look for lori lsc you'll get all of the links to everything that i do and it's really handy and i recommend people go out there and get a digital business card like that because my last name is impossible <laughs> to spell, Not say nothing about pronounce. And if I said, go to Laurie Showstrom coaching or Laurie Showstrom.com, you'd be going, how do you spell that? But I think Lori LSC for Laurie Showstrom coaching is very easy to find.
0: I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking at link tree as you speak now. So yeah. Uh... Yeah. So they can go there and find you.
1: Yes, you can. And um, I would really love to hear from people. I'd love to link up with people on LinkedIn. Anyone out there who knows somebody who is struggling with how to cope with big decisions for their children. You know, I'm there and I can talk to people. And by the way, I don't charge anything for what I do. Okay. This is a new thing. This is actually a very new thing. I have realized that if people need help, they're not going to go to somebody they don't know. But I don't charge anything. All I'm asking for is, if you go to my daughter's GoFundMe site, after you've worked with me, and give whatever you think the value of my help was. So if you think that I helped you to the value of 10 euro or 10 pounds, that, that's all I want you to give. If you think that I didn't help you at all, don't give anything. And if you think that what I did for you has actually been life-changing, you could give me a life-changing donation for my daughter because I have to travel with her every three months to California. And um, we've been doing this now for six years and our you know, our finances are, st- are stressed because of that. And I will still take her no matter what. But I believe that if I can help parents f- deal with this kind of stress, then maybe they can help me too. Wonderful. So just is. love it. Yeah. Just
0: love it. So Maura, just give us that um, that linked tree thing again. Because you've got you've got me intrigued now. I'm gonna have a look <laughs> at this after. It's
1: linked tree. And my name on it is Lori LSC, Lori Showstrom Coaching, LSC. So it's just Linktree, Lori LSC.
0: Wonderful. And you
1: can find me there. Yeah.
0: Brilliant.
1: And I can maybe put my GoFundMe site on there as well. I don't have the GoFundMe on there, but you just gave me the, the inspiration to add the GoFundMe link onto my Linktree so that people can um, donate if they want to for my daughter's treatment.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, look, thank you for joining me today. And i uh, looking forward to helping you get the message out there. And uh, whatever you do, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Keep up the great work. And uh, I'm sure people will be in touch. And, thank you.
1: Uh, thank you, Steve. I, I just want to say that I'm grateful that you're out there keeping up the good work, too, because this is really an inspiring radio station to listen to. And it's really supported me a lot, and I actually have been recommending it to my clients. So, thanks Thank a million! You. Thank you so much. <laughs> have, a,
0: have a wonderful day.
1: You too. Take care. Thank you. Tune in to Yawa Radio every Sunday between four and six in the afternoon for the Calm and Joy Show with me, Gabrielle Trainer. Each week, I bring you the Calm and Joy Book Club. I chat with brilliant people all about how we can find more calm and joy in our complicated, messy lives and tons more, including top tunes, of course. So join me for the Calm and Joy show on Sundays from 4 p.m. on Yawa Radio.
0: This This is is Yawa Yawa Radio. Radio. You're listening to Yawa Radio and we love to bring you details of the inspirational book of the week. This week's Inspirational Book of the Week is the international number one bestseller at Follow Your Heart, Finding Purpose in Your Life and Work. It's written and illustrated by Andrew Matthews, who is the author of the million-seller, Being Happy. Follow your hearts. Well, your mission in life is not to be without problems. Your mission is to get excited. Whoever you are, you aren't stuck. You are a human being, not a tree that's what Alan says. This book is about doing what you love, dealing with bills and broken legs, discovering your own power, finding peace of mind, dealing with disasters, not blaming your mother. It's about how happy people think, why rich people make money, even by accident, what losers do and how not to be like them. Andrew Matthews' books including Being Happy, Making Friends and Happiness in a Nutshell have sold over 2 million copies in 21 languages in 60 countries. So, there you go. This week's inspirational book is Follow Your Heart, Finding Purpose in Your Life and Work written and illustrated by Andrew Matthews author of The Million Seller, Being Happy and I must say, this read, you could read it in an evening. It's a book that you just can't put down. So once again, follow your heart, finding purpose in your life and work. Written and illustrated by Andrew Matthews is this week's inspirational book of the week. A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at yawaradio.com co dot uk and if you'd like to join us as a guest on yawa radio or as a guest on the yawa radio podcast we would love to hear from you simply email studio at yawaradio.co dot uk once again a big thank you for taking the time out to listen this is the yawa radio podcast copyright applies with inspirational guests from around the world, inspirational quotes, the inspirational book of the week, the meditation hour, the quiet zone and feel good music. Yawa Radio is about well-being, happiness and finding the beauty within. Enjoy. Be beautiful. Be happy. Be inspired. This is Yawa Radio.